Hey, I'm Rich. And I'm Ruben. And welcome to Clarity, where we explore the ideas and experiences that shape how we think and live. Yes. And today, today is a Monday morning. I am full of cinnamon rolls and apple slices. You're rolling on cinnamon rolls? I'm not rolling. You're not rolling? No. I, I fortunately, Scout and I took a little run this morning and that helped prevent me from rolling. I can't, man. It's like, uh, it's really raining here. I, I thought it was raining over there as well. I did. It did. I got, I got just in the window where it didn't. And we're, that's really good because if I didn't make it, uh, Scout would have come out smelling like wet dog and we just gave her a bath yesterday. Uh, so that would have been a real bummer. <laughs> yeah. Well, in my case, I think I got too lazy and woke up a little late. And when I realized it was raining and that was my excuse for not going out to run, but I'm probably going to go later with Cassie. She Good. just bought new shoes, new running shoes. So I'm excited okay. for that. Yeah. Hey, if you're listening right now, feel free to to find a way to message Ruben to let him know that he should go run and stop being lazy. Well, I actually, <laughs> I am running, but it's <laughs> raining, man. It's raining. It's like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Let me man. see. Let me check the weather. When it's going to stop? It's going to stop actually at 1 p.m. So probably at 3 or 4, I'll go running. I promise. This is a lot better weather than the last time we recorded. Well, yes and no, actually. It's 50 degrees here. Uh, I don't know how it's it over there. But Wasn't I mean, it, of course, it's it better than like, last week. Yeah, tornadoes. Yeah, yeah. it was It was kind of warm. It's uh, like 59. Uh, not mm. terrible. Baby Scout is now here, putting her chin on my on my knee. But it could be worse because I, I heard that people in Michigan, uh, they got really snow, like bad like storms and stuff, and it's really snowy, like Christmas. Yikes. Yikes. So. In April. In, yeah, we're in April right now. Probably this episode will be released in May, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you guys are from the future, let us know how, how we sit out there, like uh, if we made it or not. Yeah, but. only time will tell. Um, are you out of toilet paper yet? No, I think we're good now. Uh, we first, like when we were, we just bought like tissues. But No, face tissues? No, no. Yeah, tissues. Yeah, we. I, think I we guess it tissues. works. But but it never came to, to use them. <laughs> it, never, it, never, it never came to use them. Uh, so we have a lot of tissues there. Like a couple of weeks ago, I went to the, to the grocery store and we saw nothing but tissues. And I was like, well, if worse comes to worse, at least we have tissues. But didn't, didn't have to go. We didn't go for, I mean, we didn't use them as toilet paper, no. <laughs> but they, they seem really soft. I probably should try them. Well, TMI. Well, <clears throat> speaking of TMI, Shelly and I listened to an episode of Stuff You Should Know Yesterday. It's a podcast we like. And it was all about bidets. And it was a deeply TMI episode. About you what? Know, uh, bidet, bidets. Bidets right. started in Italy. And then became very popular in France and then eventually became extremely popular in Japan. And mm -hmm. uh, the Japanese really innovated them. Um, you'll know them today. You can go to Japan and find a really high-priced toilet where it'll start talking to you when you open it. Oh, I know. And then it will be different lights and then it will spritz fluid water up there to clean you. So that they you don't have sense, to man. use toilet but paper. You just they, use they do water. Make sense. Mm -hmm. I used to have those in Peru. Is, they you, used to be. you grew up with bidets? Yeah. Yes, in Peru. Yeah. Instead I, of toilet I, paper? No, no, not instead of toilet paper. In addition. I think it was, uh, yeah, it was toilet paper and then bidet. Yeah. Oh. It was, a, it was a hybrid. But 
I think that was in the 90s, but nowadays they're not popular anymore. But well, they're, I they're getting popular it. in the States here. Oh, really? I didn't know. It's coming back, like vintage. Well, popular. They never really were popular here. I think it's, it's a like, matter of space. It's not man. unacceptable. It's a of space. Well, here's the thing. They don't just have ones that are in addition next to it. They have they have ones Japan and Orals. actually it was an American guy that made one where it's literally a toilet seat and you just put the toilet seat onto your toilet and it's a hybrid where literally when you're done using it, then the, the water sprays up and cleans you. You don't have to get out. Interesting. Now Cassie will be laughing because everything regarding going in the, the number two makes her laugh. So oh, really? Cassie, you're laughing. She has yeah. potty humor. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think for those who have survived uh, hearing about our breakfast and then different ways we can clean up uh, from the other end, it's now time for... <laughs> I hope you guys are surviving out there for real. Um, hopefully, you know, the whole co the quarantine is over and it's safely over. But, you know, if you yeah. know what I mean, by the time this more, gets more you, but that, maybe not. For me, for me, more than a quarantine would be over. It's everybody's safe. safe. Yes. I mean, everybody's fine. Because quarantine may be over, but that doesn't mean that we eradicated this whole thing, you know? Yeah. So, I want people yeah. to actually be safe. So yeah. it's something we, we think about and I know Shelly and I pray about every day. And well, hey, mm -hmm. let's, um, dude, it's awesome catching up with you. We can catch up even more after this. But yeah. um, we, we are here today to continue the Clear Truths mini-series. And yeah. uh, today we're going to talk, we have... I have a question for you. Ruben has a question for you. Um, there's two words that are going to be pretty central to our conversation today. And I'm, I'm curious what these words mean to you. And I encourage you to think about, um, I don't go, maybe you and I will talk, Ruben. It's a, a lot can be said about what we think about when we say the word God and the word Trinity. Yeah. Well, for me, God is the highest being. It's so powerful. He's all almighty, but I am so privileged to call him my friend. Mm. That's a relational aspect. And Trinity, I feel after studying uh, something uh, on the topic, I feel is the, re the loving relationship that God has uh, with himself and how he express, expresses the, that love. As well, so we're gonna talk a little bit about this. Very uh, good. It, it's really, it's really hard for me to explain with words because I don't think I have arrived to the point that I can do like one sentence uh, summary of what Trinity is for me. But I think in my brain it kind of uh, makes sense. But when it stops making sense, I rely to faith, and that's the most important part <laughs> because we we cannot find words to explain it. But I I feel so happy that even if the word Trinity doesn't appear in the Bible. I see that there is a, a, a relational God with himself and also with you know, his, his creation. It's interesting, Ruben, you know, Trinity doesn't appear in the Bible. Neither does this word monotheism, no. which, which I, you know, is very important in Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. This idea that God is one, it's, you know, if I, if you were to talk to any Bible, Bible Belt believer in the South, uh, southeast where we live, or to talk uh, to anyone who is a general Judeo-Christian background, and you ask them how many gods there are, they'd say, of course, one, right? And I think you and I would still say that. 
there is a lot of mystery and uniqueness in this understanding of who God is and who Trinity is. Um, and you know, Ruben, I think I want to agree with you here. In some ways, with the t- with the title we may choose here, uh, I have kind of a working title in my mind, um, and that's God is a family. That's less than a sentence. And I just took less yeah. than a sentence to describe yeah. what you said you wouldn't do. But at the same time, I feel like, well, I'm not trying to be definitive here. It just seems to me a good metaphor. It's from a good metaphor, and, and and metaphors also have a an end end point. I mean, yes, you, yes, a, exactly. A metaphor, metaphor is never intended to to be taken uh, completely as the way of uh, making a definition or a concept. I feel metaphors. I like the metaphor of a family, especially a healthy family, uh, because uh, families are relational constructs, and and. And God is not a construct; He's the ultimate being, you know. <laughs> so, con- yeah. when I when I think of construct, I feel something that you build on. But God is He is, uh, and yeah. Let's let's keep going because I, I can I can start in preacher mode right now. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Okay, dude. So you used you've used some some pronouns for God, haven't you? Yes. He is right. And yeah. uh, this is not now what we're not doing to do today is we're not going to discuss gender or yeah. our or sex or male yeah. and female. We're That's not discussing we're not discussing those things. And uh, this here has nothing to do with that conversation. Um, but here, let's we go can, ahead. We can hey we we can say something. We can I mean some people try to extrapolate. You, you what can is say going something. On. Go ahead. Yeah, we can say something like some people are trying to extrapolate uh, the definition of male and female or wh- whatever uh, the situations that are going on with uh, LGBT community and stuff. But this uh, or we're trying to speak about this is not there's only male and female necessarily, but we're trying to speak is like God. We cannot compare who God is with who we are, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's uh, that's what you're trying to say. right? And that's what I feel as well. We try to make a picture of God like a like a puzzle, and there are so many missing pieces that we don't have, and we try to fill them with whatever we think makes sense. But that I don't think that's a good exercise, if you ask me. We can end up yes. in like really uh, dangerous ground there. We but, need to be careful yeah. um, where we take the metaphor that metaphors God yeah. uses. So yeah. let's let's get into Genesis one one. Because when you think of God, what do you think of? When you think of Trinity, what do you think that means? Um, that's something we should have in the back of our minds as we read this. So I, I have a few Bible verses we're going to refer to and read. And these are going to, when I read them and really thought about them, they disturbed me and stuck in my craw and didn't make sense in my conception of God, even mm-hmm. though it really did. Um, so, because here's the thing, everyone's a theologian, right, Ruben? Yeah, you that are listening, you're a theologian. Mm-hmm. We talked about this last episode, and we if you haven't listened to it, we strongly suggest you to go back and check it out. Yep. And even before that, we talked about bias. Um, and bias, and everyone's a theologian, this one here, every, we, we have like a table of truth where we think everything we've said, okay, yeah, I believe that. We kind of plop it on a table in our minds. But just because it's on a table and we believe it doesn't mean they're both true or that they even belong in the same thing. For yeah. example, if you say, well, I believe, I believe, uh, I love Ruben. And I also believe that Ruben is a worthless piece of trash that deserves to get punched in the face. You, you may think you believe both those things, right? But you don't really believe both of them. 
Um, and of you course, you can you can love me, want to punch me. That's what Cassie does. Oh, we should. She she loves me and wants to punch me sometimes because I'm annoying. You know that's interesting. <laughs> Shelly Shelly has the same thing with me. All right, too close to home. Let's get back to Genesis one one now. Genesis one one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Right, and so you got that verse, and it says that God created heavens and the earth. And so I just want you to picture what it looks like for you to see God creating the heavens and the earth. What do you see? Right, just think on that. Don't answer, but what what do you see? What it, what do you see, Ruben? Well, I see that at, at the beginning of the Bible, I like God laying the foundation. And in the beginning, he was there. Yes. And in the beginning, he created, you know. And I don't know if we are going to dive like into the, that word that is used for God there. But the word that is used for God, it's Elohim, you know, which it's mm -hmm. a plural. It's a plural Hebrew word. So if you were to translate literally Elohim would mean gods, you know. Uh, and there's kind of like a hint of a plurality of a God. And yes. The, the plurality in Hebrew does not always mean a plurality of personhood. However, here, from context, you may imply that. And here's, here's why. So when I talked about that, that God singular thing, I, that was kind of, I was hinting at that, Ruben, because I think a lot of us, when we read that in the beginning, God created heavens and the earth, we see a single white guy with a long beard and long robes, kind of like a more filled out Gandalf, the white, uh, going, the white, not the gray, the white, the white, just yeah. flashing hands and moving and flowing. And, but that's really not what the Bible teaches, but it's what we've been taught. Like, it was like, Oh, God is going to judge you. You hear that? And you're like, okay, I think of a more filled out, less happy Gandalf, the white on a throne. That's two miles high, looking down on me, ready to, you know, We'll talk about that one later. But then let's go to Genesis 126. Yeah, there it says, uh, then God says, let us make man in our image. So, so God is in plural. us and in our, yeah. So First person plural. God is in us and in our, the whole time when we describe God, we don't say them. We, always, we almost always say he, don't we? Yeah. And it's yeah. what we think. And by doing that, we... We do a disservice. Well, yes and no. I think it's just semantics. I mean, there's no way that there's no we. Uh, I'll argue that we want to use the best way to address God and also affirm the plurality of God, and at the same time that they, there is one God. I think just the fact that there is no specific or good English word or even Spanish. Uh, that's as far as I know th that defines it explains a lot about God's character. It goes be, be, beyond uh, concepts, beyond language constructs, beyond all those things, you know? And that's, I, I'm happy with that too. Sure. But ultimately, it matters that God is not a single individual, but a, a plurality of an us and an our. It makes a difference. Um, yeah. You and but I don't it, like talking about theological things that are obscure and specific for kicks and giggles and fun. That's not what we like. Um, it's not worth it. This God being in us an hour is instead of a him, he is so beautiful and so important to make such a big difference in who he, they are and what that and how they relate to us and what it means to even be human Ruben. Um, so are you suggesting that we should change our pronouns when we, when we 
refer to God? Here's the challenge. Um, he, I think instead of changing our pronouns, we need to, um, this conversation should mm-hmm. help us mm-hmm. because there is an aspect to which God is a singular and a plural. There's, oh, yeah. there's both. Um, but let's, let's talk about First uh, John 4 and then get into what it means for God to be love in light of the plurality. Because I don't want people to, you and I know why this is important, but I want those who may just be discovering this, something that we were shown, follow us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the basic that everybody, everybody says, and first John speaks that God is love, you know, mm-hmm. and, and later on in first Corinthians chapter 13 is the chapter of love. And, and it makes it clear that God does not have love. God is love. It's part mm. of his being. It's ingrained in his being. Uh, that's as, as far as we can know. God does not love. He is love. And love is not self-seeking, according to 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 5. So, therefore, when you love, you're not only thinking about yourself, you're thinking about the others. And Ty Gibson, in, in one of his studies that you and I were talking about, he mm-hmm. refers that, that there is a need for plurality to exist in order to in order to express love you know mm-hmm. there, there there's a need you can i mean there's people that say love yourself but can you can you just imagine that you're the only human being in the universe imagine that there there's no god can you can you have or can you express love if it's only you no so that's the point if you were alone in a, in a closet for all of eternity you could have no love and so the point is, God is love is not just an exaggerating way of saying God is so loving. Instead, God is love means that God is a loving, other-centered, relational unit yes. because God is more than one. So God is love is not a theoretical thing. It's a real, concrete, practical reality that precedes everything else and i caught i caught some like heat by, by some people some church members when Uh-oh. i i preach a lot about god being love and sometimes we misunderstand love because we treat it as a human feeling as mm. a feeling a romantic thing that you feel oh i mean i'm so in love and then you listen to romantic music which may be an expression of love but that's a little deceiving you know it's it's a little reductionist when when you see the, in the Bible what God entails, mm. God is self, uh, n- not self-seeking, and who God is, when you see it in the Bible, when that statement, God is love, it's not like, He's not going to punish you, or He's not going to judge you. And, and the, on the other side, there's people that actually use uh, God for uh, people to feel afraid, and we see in the Bible as well that says that love casts away the fear. So Perfect love. Perfect, perfect love. love, perfect cast love. Cast out fear. Yeah, yeah, cast out fear. Perfect love. So we need to be really careful with what you understand when you say God is love. I, I think it's a good exercise to ask, what does God is love mean to you? You know, and oh. according to your answer, you can show like what is what's going on in in the meaning of God is love. Yeah, and so from here we've given you some Bible passages for you to think on, for you to think through, for you to consider, and for you to workshop your perception or conception of God 
and that phrase Trinity and what they really mean and whether they belong on the table together. And um, here's something I'd love for you to picture about what the Trinity is. Um, I want you to imagine, I want you to imagine um, the relational love like movement. So I want you to imagine, um, so I currently have, I'm on the phone here, I'm FaceTime with Ruben. And so it's me, Ruben. And I also have, which arrived in the mail a few days ago from popinabox.com, my authentic friend, the Mandalorian, the child Funko Pop bobblehead with big giant ears. So I want you to imagine me and Ruben and baby Yoda. And we are holding hands in a circle and we are moving 360 around in a circle, right? And if you saw us doing that, this is an illustration of what love is like, where Baby Yoda would only think of my welfare and Reuben's welfare, or the child. And I would only think of the child and Reuben's welfare, and Reuben would only think of my welfare and the child's. The, the child, nor Reuben, nor I would have any need to care for our own ourselves, but instead we'd have the freedom to be cared for, but also to care for others only exclusively. And within this yeah. freedom, within this circle of goodness or of beneficence, um, there is no guilt. There is no, um, there's no worry. There is no shame. There is no need for, um, what's that German word? Schadenfreude. There is freedom and there is safety. And then from this foundation of other centeredness, then could flow the desire for more people to be in that circle. Not so we can yes, get more love so that they can get more love. And so the, really that is what the Trinity has always, that's only an illustration. That's only a metaphor. That is what God has always been. They existed for eternity. And when they made us, it was only so more could be in that could get the love. This is, the Trinity. This is practically what that means. That is who God is. That is what it means that God is love. And that is the beauty in it all. It's been a group decision, a group project for the love of others from the beginning. Yeah. Now that the question is, what is the, how does knowing that affect me in the day by day? Sure. Well, how, how does God knowing that he's a relational being? And we, we know that, uh, the, a friendship between two people, it's easier to take than a friendship between three people because that involves uh, like being uh, humble and not worried about your friendship uh, being like less considered or more considered with a third party when a third party comes into the mix, you know. But how does that affect my life? How does, how does, no, I mean, there's some denominations that believe that there's no trinity, there are some denominations that believe that there is, and there are some denominations that say, like, yeah, maybe yes or no. How does that define my day by day? Sure, sure. Well, here's how it defines my day by day. Um, you know, isolation is something that occurs that is, I believe, part of the sin issue. Having space and boundaries is healthy. But another thing that I believe that I've seen in my own life is a tendency to isolate a tendency to stay insular and care for myself and to not reach out 
to not want input. And when really there is selfishness at the core of this, and that's part of my unhealth. And so with God, I see God as Trinity, as family, as relationship. When he invites us to have healthy relationships, he's not a hypocrite. He's not He's not a, a single priest saying, go have babies. You're supposed to. God knows. <laughs> God has always been this. And so when we have relationships and we have trust and love, we are getting formed into his, their image. So there's that aspect to it, Ruben. There's another aspect to which God being co-equals, um, also underground theologically, that means that salvation was a family decision, that our redemption is a family decision, that our creation, that our judgment in favor. And when we look through the Bible, that's clear. It's all been all parts of the Trinity agreeing together. Um, what that means for me is that there is a three-part divine family, that's metaphor, who is working for me. Yeah. and Who is there is a- for me. It's not just one. It's the three of them. Yes. And also the fact that the Son and the Father and the Spirit are united shows that all the good that's true, all the love that's true of Jesus is true of the Father. Because they have that united front, Reuben, I don't need to be afraid. Yes. God, God, God then is the center of and the example of how relationships should be among mm-hmm. us human beings. You know, it's a beautiful thing to understand that our God is one, yet also is rela- relational uh, being and, and part of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which are, I, I believe they are like titles that God puts into uh, the, himself or themselves <laughs> in, in order to explain to us how salvation is taking place. Mm. And and how how God loves us and how God saves us. I feel that's a, a beautiful statement, but that should react in our lives in the sense that if God is love, I should also try to receive that love and share it to others. That's connected with the uh, calling and purpose. Uh, yeah, uh, it's talk. who we're made to be. Yeah, and and we were made to be relational. Relational beings, not isolated ones. And you talk. You you spoke something good that I want to just keep going there. Oh, okay. You that are listening are not created to be isolated. Mm. In moments like that, we're living right now, and hopefully, uh, in any moments like people are right now in this situation. Let's let's put this as an example. People are encouraged to stay far from other people physically. Yes. And that can be a dangerous thing. I mean, of course, we have to do it. It's the best way to conquer yes. this uh, this uh, situation. It However, is safe and necessary and important. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But that yes. doesn't mean that you need to isolate socially from people. Amen. That doesn't mean that you need to disconnect yourself yeah. and, and, and don't be uh, connected to people that are around you, your beloved ones, your neighbors, your Absolutely. friends. Because we need connection. We crave for connection. From the moment we exit the womb into the world, we're hungry for connection with others. Mm. You know? And at heart, we were created this way because our God created us this way. That's how God is. We are an image of God in a sense. We're still like not the perfect image at this point, but we have some of those like traces. But if God has this relational 
uh, component with himself, we are also going to uh, we need to explore the possibility of us pushing ourselves to be more relational beings. Yeah, I have another application for us here too, Ruben. You and we were made to be in that circle of. Remember the the illustration, the visually think of it. Me, Ruben, and Baby Yoda in that circle, laughing along, moving. Right. We were made for that kind of relationship, and so there are people who are like, "Oh, I feel like you're shaming me for isolation." And but listen, there are some of us who are quarantined from toxic relationships because uh, brothers and sisters, like everybody, like my my people, <laughs> listen, like you are not made to be abused or used. You are not made to be manipulated. You are not made to be the to be um, selfishly used to lift up someone else. That's not what you're made for. And so when that happens, you rightfully want to get out of that. And from that scarring, you may feel like you cannot trust anyone and therefore struggle to have relationships. And also, even if you have a healthy situation, everyone reacts different based on personalities and such differently. There are times and places in which, you know, as an extrovert, I'm going to want to spend time, more time with people for energy than my introvert wife might. But ultimately we still are made to have a relationship, both of us mm. clearly. And so when you hear us say you're made to have a relationship, don't hear us saying that we think God wants you to be just like me or just like Reuben. No, no. We're from what the, the implications of this Bible teaching are that you are made for healthy and good relationship. And so that means positively you are not made to be isolated, but you're also not made to be in an unhealthy, abusive relationship. Oh, yeah. Because relationships, uh, unfortunately, human relationships, sometimes, bro, I, th I feel it's a coin toss or sometimes I feel like uh, some people say, like, why me? Like, how about luck? And this world, it, it, that's, that's just an evidence of how much we need God. <laughs> Mm. And uh, I hope that if you are in a relationship, you that are listening, not you're rich, I know you're in a relationship, mm -hmm. uh, that it's a healthy one. It's a, it's a relationship. I see you're showing, you're showing off your ring, which I don't, I haven't been wearing my ring in a while, not because I'm not married, but because I only use it when I'm outside home <laughs> and I haven't been out in a while. Uh, but um, you're saying, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I was saying that I hope you're in a good relationship. I hope that. Uh, that relationship will bring you uh, uh, fulfillment and remember how God is as love, as a relational being. That's my, that's my moment of clarity, I guess, Rich. Sure. Sure. You know, I have as, and at my moment of clarity too, that the heart of this for me is this powerful picture that God is a family of co-equals that have existed for all eternity. And that me being fully in his image means that I have that connection with other people. And so holiness, goodness, full maturity, me really being changed and living my full life is me having that with other people. And that shows me that, hey, you know, I need, as I work closer to, to God, that needs, that's going to be a measure and model for me. So I can feel like I'm fine with God, but if I'm not fine with others, So that, that's kind of, that helped me. And that's that 
that us and our of God shows me that I want to create us and ours in my life like him between you, my friend Ruben, between my other pastoral colleagues, between my wife and I, between um, people at church, uh, between me and my mechanic. I want there to be an us and an hour that is in after the divine model and not after a selfish model. So, yeah. Um, and, and may this situation that you're living right now, that we're living, um, mm. be an opportunity for us to be more connected with people. I'm not putting a challenge. I'm not saying if you're not doing shame of you, but uh, yeah. meditate on this. I mean, we, we were created for more than just being for ourselves, more than just hoarding things for ourselves. We were created for uh, sharing and, and living this love that transforms our lives. So, yeah, that's my moment of clarity. Second moment of clarity, I think. Yeah. And Rich, you you have some uh, questions or something that you wanted to share for the end of this episode too? Sure. Um, so here's some takeaway and reflection questions. I will have them in the show notes for you so that you can reflect on them. I'll read them for you quickly here. Number one, what do you love the most about this picture of God? Or what about this picture of God excites you the most? Why do you love that? Or why does that excite you? Three, why do you believe the Bible teaches this? Four, what evidence is there in your life that this is true about God? Five, what stands between you and loving God or being excited by his character? Uh, six, what do you love the least about this picture of God or what excites you the least about this picture of God and why? And then lastly, what do you think why do you think that this thing is true? The thing you don't like. Are you sure it's taught in the Bible? Are you sure it best matches your life experience? Ultimately, hey, here at Clarity, we share the ideas and experiences of shape we think and live and then say, hey, maybe this is a tool in your toolbox of what you want to do. Maybe this helps you better understand what you're doing. Maybe this is a good example of what you don't want to do in your, in your faith and believe. But hey, these, these ideas and experiences have shaped us. This is what we found to be, I believe, we believe a clear truth. And uh, like Ruben shared, may you find authentic, God-imaged community and not isolation, and I'd add, and not abuse mm. or manipulation in this time. Guys, thank you for joining us. Ruben, this has been awesome, bro. Yeah, thank you, Rich. Um, this episode, it's a good way to kickstart our clear truths because if you know that you're a theologian that you can access god that's the first part and now if you know that uh, god is a relational being and we have this crave of uh hung hunger for connection with others that also affects how we think and live what you were saying and and every day i try to be really intentional with that i'm a really like shy person that likes to stay for like i stay home i i like staying home but i understand that i also need to call others and i appreciate you also rich reaching out to me and having conversations just for the sake of conversation and uh, that helps me and I encourage you guys that are listening that uh, seek the same uh, kind of relationships that are healthy and they will make your life uh, a life worth living even in the middle of these problems. Guys, thank you for giving us an opportunity of being part of your life for this episode. We are really thankful for that and also you can connect with us. We have a Facebook account, a Twitter account and show notes if you want also. If you can, or you should, rate and review and share your favorite 
uh, on your favorite podcatcher and social media outlet. Uh, guys, stay tuned for more every 15 days. I'm Ruben. And I'm Rich. And this was Clarity. Clarity.